you have a Bible and would like to follow along as I read, I'm going to read Psalm 12 today, eight verses of Psalm 12. And uh, the sermon is today uh, not going to get very far, but hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll be encouraged in the Word of God. But let's read Psalm 12 to the chief musician on an eight-stringed harp. A psalm of David. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from the sons of men. They speak idly, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things, who have said, with our tongue we will prevail, our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Father, we pray that you will speak to us today. Your word is living and active. It is powerful, Lord, by the Holy Spirit. Make it powerful and effectual in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. For many hours, the family of five uh, clung desperately to the branches of some nearby trees, literally hanging on for their lives. Uh, they were in chest-deep water from uh, Hurricane Florence's epic floods. And uh, there was a dad who was, had his eight-year-old son on his shoulders. The mother, who was pregnant, had her four-year-old. And then the 60-year-old uncle was holding on to the family dog. And they'd come back to their home in Kelly, North Carolina a bit too soon. The, the hurricane was gone, but the floodwaters were still rising and raging. But a determined crew of Wild Florida, which is uh, really a tour company, had joined the rescuers. And they brought the airboats that they have in Florida for those tours and they joined the rescuers searching for people who might have been stranded and uh, in danger, just like this family. And so they would turn the motor of the airboat on and off to listen, perhaps, for cries for help. And one of those intervals, they heard these faint screams for help coming from a very remote area. And there wasn't much time despair and and the family was thinking to themselves this is it Uh, our lives uh, are about to be swept away it took about 35 minutes for the airboat team to to reach them uh, through the debris but everyone was safely rescued they called for help and help came and what a blessing it was the team leader said it was Uh, the most dramatic rescue. They had done other rescues before, but this is the most dramatic one, and and he was very emotional as he he fought back tears and 
on their Facebook page, the, they, they posted that it was a full-blown miracle. But I think about this family, and I think about our lives, you know, and I think about David uh, when he wrote this song. It's a cry for help. And that's exactly how he begins uh, this psalm. You know, Jesus uh, taught his disciples that we are not heard because of our many words. The pagans think they have to pray. The more words they pray, the more words they use in prayer, the more God will be likely to hear them. Jesus said, no, that's not true. You don't need a lot of words. Or, or you don't need eloquence. A simple and sincere cry for help lifted up to God's throne in faith. Faith in Jesus will certainly... Be heard by God. He hears the cry for help. And so David prays this prayer. Help, Lord. And today we're going to focus on just those two words. That word, help, Lord. Uh, It can also mean save or deliver. Help, Lord. First thing to notice about this prayer is that it is urgent. Now, certainly those people who were stranded in in the floodwaters, uh, they were crying out for help. It was an urgent cry. Uh, There was no time to waste. And so David's prayer, and often a prayer that we might make, it's urgent. Help is needed and needed now. Uh, Notice how short this prayer is. We know the shortest verse in the Bible, right? Everybody knows that verse. That's one verse that almost everybody knows. Jesus wept. Well, here's the shortest prayer in the Bible. Help, Lord. Uh, and, and so, uh, one verb, one noun. Spurgeon comments, he says, It is no fault in our prayers if they be short. I think in our public petitions, especially at prayer meetings, it is a virtue to be aimed at, to be brief. So, there's nothing wrong with praying a short prayer. It's only wrong if we don't pray at all. So this prayer is, is so simple. The simplicity of this prayer is to be noted. It's so simple, a very young child can pray it. In fact, really, David, is in his prayer, he is praying as a child in need of his heavenly Father's aid. And you know, the Father... Uh, What father among us, happy Father's Day, by the way, what father among us, uh, especially when our children were young, but even now, if we have grown children, if if our children, if we heard a cry for help, we would drop everything and go and help them. So our Heavenly Father will hear the cry of His children. You know, a lot of times people probably complain or make excuses well I just I just don't have time uh, to spend in prayer well this prayer (laughs) doesn't take very long to pray does it help Lord help Lord it's not a lack of time but a lack of will a lack of maybe uh, a heart to pray this is kind of prayer that that all of us can pray at any time, no matter where we are or what we are doing. Now, certainly we ought to make an effort to spend more time in prayer as we are able during the week. 
But there's a place for brief, short prayers prayed in faith. You may not know what to pray, but here's a prayer that you can use in any situation. Help, Lord. Notice that David goes straight to the throne of God with this prayer. It doesn't beat around the bush. Help, Lord. He goes straight to the Lord. He doesn't go to his friends and ask them to pray first, which is okay to do. Um, He doesn't look to the Virgin Mary or to a dead saint, certainly. He doesn't beseech the priests, and there were priests in those days. We're all priests today in Christ. But he understands that his help is in God, and so he goes straight to God. That's what you and I are privileged to do in Jesus' name, to go straight to God in prayer. So he addresses his prayer to the Lord. Again, all capitals, that's the name Yahweh or Jehovah. It's the same name that God revealed to Moses, the great I am, the all-sufficient God, the self-sufficient, all-sufficient God. Help, Lord. He has all the resources. There's nothing lacking in him. Remember in Psalm 5, verse 3, David says, In the morning I will direct my prayer to you. And we'll look up. So help, Lord, is a very direct prayer. Let your prayer be like that. Be direct. Be straightforward. And there's no question as you read through the Psalms, as you read about David's life, that he was often in prayer and in communion with God. He knew Uh, who God was. He was not a stranger to prayer. So uh, this kind of prayer, help, Lord, is a a prayer coming from the lips of someone who has prayed much beforehand and who was familiar with communion and prayer. He knew what Psalm 124, verse 8 says, that our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. To pray, help, Lord, teaches us something else. It, it, it is a prayer that really is a confession of weakness and dependence, isn't it? That very word help implies that I have need of something that I cannot supply myself and that others cannot supply. God must intervene. And that's the way David felt. Help, Lord. So only those who have a sense of need before God are going to pray. Like this. Those who are afraid certainly can pray this prayer. Hebrews 13.5 The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. So the lost, the unsaved sinner can pray this prayer. You know, when a person sees their sin and their helplessness to save themselves, they can pray, help, Lord, or save, Lord, as we could translate it. Isaiah 10, verse 3, says to the sinner, What will you do in the day of punishment and in the desolation which will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help? Well, on the day of judgment, you see, it will be too late to call on the Lord for help, for salvation. So we have to flee to Christ. We have to call on Him on this side of judgment. We have to call on him today while it is still called today. Remember, this this prayer is a prayer of salvation. Save, Lord. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. A sincere call, even 
there are certainly some things we need to understand uh, and believe from Scripture, what Christ has done for us and so forth. But we don't have to express that prayer in any uh, deep or serious, you know, or any deep or theological way. We just have to be earnest. We have to have faith in Jesus Christ and calling on his name for salvation. He will hear. Isaiah 41, 14 says this. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Fear not, you worm, Jacob. I will help you. Now, worm is a pretty lowly thing, isn't it? Uh, a worm is, but the Bible says that that's what we are. In fact, Job says this in Job 25, 6, how much less man who is a maggot and a son of man who is a worm. Did you know that was in the Bible? Our brother, our elder Carl Rudolph, for many years wrote, as most of you know, uh, a, a devotional every Lord's Day, called him the Lord's Day. And uh, in one of his devotionals, he, he wrote this. He says, what is man? We are repulsive, unlovely altogether, dreaded by all. We are worms and maggots, as the scriptures tell us. But praise the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We who are called by Christ from this horrible death existence, worm-eaten, sinful souls, are made alive in Christ's precious blood shed for us. You say, I am down so low, I am just a worm or a maggot. But Christ saves sinful worms and maggots. He helps us. He became a worm for us, Psalm 22 is a messianic psalm. In Psalm 22, 6, Christ is therefore speaking of himself. And it says, but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. And we think, oh, that's so demeaning that the Bible calls us worms. <laughs> no, that's actually a compliment. The worms are better than we are. We're far worse. We are spiritually dead. We are rotten in God's sight. You see, sin is a stench to God. And yet, Christ became a worm, the lowest thing He could become so that we could be saved. He became sin for us. And do you know how awful sin is? It's worse than being a worm or a maggot. It's awful. It's terrible. And yet, the Bible says Christ became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So what must you do? What must anyone do to be saved? Call upon Jesus Christ in sincerity, knowing you're lost, knowing you deserve judgment, and say, Help, Lord Jesus. Save me, Lord. Has such a prayer ever been uttered in faith? from your own heart. Do you need to pray that prayer today? Help, Lord, is a very useful prayer. The believer can use this prayer when being tempted to sin. Hebrews 2.18 says, Because he himself has suffered, that's Jesus, because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted the devil tempted him in the wilderness. 
Remember in Matthew 4, we read about it, and also in Luke's gospel. Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He was weak, surely, physically. And and the devil tempted him uh, and tried to take advantage of his weakness. But here's what Hebrews 4.15 says, that we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He does. But was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So when you're tempted and you, and you feel yourself about to give in to the allurements of sin, then go to the Lord and say, help, Lord. He's able to help you because he overcame sin and temptation. He is without sin. He will help. Uh, Hebrews says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So when should you pray help, Lord? When you're in need, when you're being tempted. We can and should pray this prayer when we feel that we are alone, when we do feel that there is no help from others. In Isaiah 63, 5, God is looking on his people and he says this. He says, I looked, but there was no one to help. And I wondered that there was no one to uphold. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation for me. So here's a situation where Christ is looking out at all all humanity. And there's none who could help. None who could save, of course. He alone is our Savior. Uh, But that can happen to us. We we can also be in that experience. We we look around for help. You know, sometimes people have come to me as as a pastor and they, they want help, but they find that really I can't help them. Oh, God can help them. Matthew Henry says, God can help when all our other when all other helpers fail. That is his time to help. And for that very reason he will put forth his own power so much more gloriously. When should you cry for help? When there is no help. Because help will come from the Lord. You know, when Christ was arrested in the garden, all the disciples forsook him and fled. They couldn't pray with him for even an hour. He had no help. He trod the winepress of God's wrath alone. He secured our salvation by himself. And he certainly understands what it means to be rejected and to be forsaken. And he will gladly help you when there's no one to help. This prayer, I believe, is useful when everything in society and culture is falling apart. And really we see this uh, partly in Psalm 12. We see it also in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, that the list of things that, that we see that are coming about in the last days, uh, how uh, describing our, our, our culture very well. And we see these things coming to pass, and we say, help, Lord. We get discouraged sometimes, and we sink down into despair, depression, and we can pray, help, Lord. Uh, Think of the disciples in the middle of a storm on the Sea of Galilee, and those storms could be incredibly severe and uh, very scary even to the seasoned Fishermen who were used to being on the lake. And Jesus was not with them. But he came to them walking on the water. 
And Peter saw him and he says, call to me, Lord, I'll walk on the water. And he says, come on out, get out of the boat. And for a moment or two, Peter walked on the water. What a great feeling. But he looked around at the wind and the waves and he got pretty disheartened pretty quickly. And Matthew 14, 30 says, when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. And of course, Jesus immediately grabbed Peter by the arm, lifted him up into the boat and he was safe. We know the Lord is going to take care of us. But when we look around and we see things a certain way, then we immediately lose our faith. Call on the Lord. He will help you. Uh, Think about Lot, Abraham's nephew. He was oppressed living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, partly it was his fault. He chose to live there. But are you like Lot, oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked around you, tormented in your own soul, as the Bible says? Call on the Lord for help. Because the God who delivered Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's too bad Lot's wife looked back, but the rest of the family was saved. God will deliver you and keep you from evil. Against me, earth and hell combined, but on my side is power divine. Jesus is all, and Jesus is mine. So are you facing opposition from people who are out to harm you or your reputation? Are you under attack from the evil one? Is your faith being maligned by the world? Well, then it's time to pray. Help, Lord. Uh, Isaiah 41, verse 12 begins... Those who war against you shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. So are you in need today? Are you in financial need, material need this morning? Then pray, help, Lord. You know, think about how the Lord took care of those who had nothing. He fed Elijah with ravens who brought meat to him. He took care of a widow whose food ran out and she was about to die, but the bin of flour she had was not used up, and nor did her jar jar of oil run dry. The Bible says he feeds the birds of the air. And on that basis, Jesus says he will take care of you. God says this. He says, I will help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. If God says that, that's what we call a promise. right? I will help you. So if you take that promise to God and say, well, help me, Lord. Do you think he'll turn you away? He will not. Well, perhaps today or this past week, you have felt like giving up. You're tired, you're weary of the trials, the difficulties of life. You're tired and weary of the sin that you commit and the way that you have not changed as you had hoped. You can pray, help, Lord. Again, I'll quote from um, 
our brother Carl Rudolph, he says, he wrote this. He says, do we understand this? Our help is in fleeing to Jesus. Christ Jesus is our eternal help. Beloved Jesus is our Savior, he said. Redeemer for sin-sick souls. Consolation and comfort for the troubled and lonely. Forgiver and cleanser of hearts burdened with sins. Strength in the face of weakness. Well, there are four ways um, that we should seek the help of the Lord. First of all, study Christ who is our helper. Study about him and study about the work of the Holy Spirit whom Jesus calls another helper. And then secondly, pray for help constantly. Constantly. Uh, I was was reading uh, this week uh, a story about a a farmer in Wales and he was, um, uh, I I believe, a a sheep farmer and he fed his sheep Largely with the um, uh, the cabbage that a neighbor farmed, and the you know the the leftovers from the cabbage harvest, and um, and he had to pay him a little bit for that. And um, one year he had to pay a, a lot more uh, because the the cabbage harvest was was ruined um, by weather and so forth, and he was going to have to pay a thousand dollars more to feed. Uh, his sheep or his pigs, I can't remember uh, which which it was. And, and this man didn't have it. He didn't have the money. And if he didn't have the money to get the cabbage, he wasn't going to be able to feed his livestock, and uh, it was not going to go well. And so all day long, really for about 24 hours, he kept praying one prayer over and over and over. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. That's all he knew. He just knew that he needed help. So the next day, the, the man who was selling him the cabbage came by to collect, and he knew he didn't have it. And, and he just kept praying, help, Lord, help, Lord. And the man came to him. Before he could say a word uh, to this cabbage farmer, the cabbage farmer says, you know, I've been thinking uh, that times are tough, and uh, you just pay me the normal amount that you usually pay me. Uh, forget the $1,000. And uh, the man just went on rejoicing because of a simple prayer uh, that he prayed over and over again. So pray that prayer constantly. Jesus said, and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out to him day and night? Don't just pray at one time. Pray until you get an answer. Pray until God comes through. And third, help others to find their help in Christ. Point them to Christ. I cannot help you. Only Christ can really help you. I can help you by pointing you to Jesus. And you should do the same for others. He's the only source of help and strength and salvation and grace. And then last, if you feel that you are helpless today, especially if you see yourself as lost then you need to seek Christ. You need to know that He is able to help you. He is able. He is ready. Indeed, ready to save you. And God does not delay His saving grace to those who call on Him. Finally, listen to the words of Psalm 63, verse 7. Because you have been my help, 
Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. And this reminds us that once we have received the help of God, we should rejoice, knowing that we are under his protection. Rejoice and give thanks for what God has done. Dwell in the shadow of his wings because you're safe there. You know, because when God answers a prayer, you know, we can still go back to worrying and being anxious. But when we know that we're under his wings, we need not be. So daily, daily, not only bring your request to God, but rehearse the blessings and the answers to prayer and give him praise and thanks. Recall his faithfulness because the Bible says his compassions fail not. His help fails not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If we serve a great God who is that faithful, then we ought to give him great praise. And I want to suggest to you that today as we come to a close of the sermon and of the service, um, I know that you have needs in your life. Uh, I don't know what they are, but God does. And I just want to encourage you to pray this from the heart today. And such a simple thing, such a simple prayer, prayed in sincerity of heart, faith in Jesus, right now, will be heard as we close. Because God is a prayer-hearing God. Our God is our a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Not later, but now. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your inspired word, for these two words.